come again. <laughs> I, I said, what, I said, I said, what did you just say? Oh, I burped, and then I said, excuse me. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, you know what? I can't think of anything actually funny to say, so we're just gonna use that as the as the tone setter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody! Welcome to Storybrand Comics. I'm Tio, and I'm Brandon. <clears throat> um, I overslept today, <laughs> and I <laughs> I had a rumbly tumbly night. So, uh, <laughs> so we're uh, we're not at our our A game, but we still uh, have some stuff to talk about. Yeah. So thank God today is just the is is um our first discussion episode actually. Yeah. Um, that way we don't actually have to uh think of something interesting to say about um a story we're trying to put together. Yeah, we don't have to be brainstorming. It's not like we go and we have to go into the office basically and just hash out for two or three two or three hours like some like really good idea when we're not a hundred percent there. Today's more laid back. Yeah, give give Terry some more time to come to us with those notes. Yeah, maybe this time it'll be fine, and maybe uh. Maybe uh, he can get rid of that whole furry fetish type thing. Yeah, yeah ugh. Can start. He can he, maybe he can uh, put a little more time into that custody battle with the wild dogs for for uh, yeah. his child. It's so weird that that's a thing that's going on. I, I don't understand how that's. Yeah, um, you'd, you'd think that wild dogs wouldn't have any legal right to just some random human kid, but you know, here we are. Yeah, I mean. I guess that's just California law for you. Yeah. I have a one liter bottle of Pepsi that I'm drinking right now. Nice. I have a 44 ounce sweet tea that I'm drinking. So if you hear, um, for those listening, if you hear a mild hissing noise every once in a while, it's because my bottle's still full enough to have pressure in it. Yeah, it's Um, not some random person. In Tio's background, just hissing at anything he yeah. says. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not Terry just walking <laughs> up behind me, going. <laughs> you just mentioned like Terry's so stupid, then you just hear. Yes. <laughs> oh, this is quite a character we've constructed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, gotta have Terry on every now and then discussing this type of stuff because. After Jeff left, well, we kicked him, but uh, <laughs> after he's gone, you need someone else to abuse. Yeah, kind of uh, understaffed right now. Yeah. But hey, I mean, we'll we'll pull through. Alrighty. So, um, yeah, I guess we should. Uh, there are some, uh, I guess, comic book related topics to talk about, probably somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got, I've got, uh, there's some stuff I can think of, but um, might uh, might pop up mid conversation, but yeah. uh, maybe we can start off with uh, 
basically what we've been doing recently. Like it doesn't really have to be pertaining to job or anything, but uh, comics we've read um, or things that have been on our mind in terms of comics or video games or TV shows, whatever it may be, something like that. And just uh, kind of discuss from there. And then like stuff can pop up from here and there within those conversations. Yeah, one thing I was thinking um, for how to uh, do these episodes is um, either we kind of start with a topic of something that's been on one or both of our minds lately and use that to kickstart the conversation, or we can just kind of talk about like, you know, yeah, like what you said, like, you know, what we've been doing this week. Like, for example, um, hang on just a second. (sighs) Now, I'm also getting the the burpees. (laughs) Um, but that's the Pepsi doing that. Yeah. But um, one thing uh, uh, I've been doing this week is I've actually been playing quite a few uh, video games. Um, yeah, same. Uh, in fact, because I've actually been trying, I've been trying to keep track of PlayStation sales now since I've got some time and a little extra yeah. money compared to usual. They had like a popular in Japan sale. Um, like this week and uh, I got one of the Fate Extella games what is that? which um, it's based on the Fate franchise are you familiar with the Fate franchise? Uh, no um, it's like uh, it's like Fate and then whatever the subtitle for for that particular piece of Fate media is there's a slash and then the other title like fate slash stay night okay Maybe like fate Apo- yeah fate apocrypha fate extra fate extella that sort of thing yeah um so fate extella is the series of playstation exclusive games uh that fate did where um uh it's all i'm gonna be totally honest with you it's it's somehow more complicated than than normal fate I didn't okay. know that I didn't know that you could do that. Um, I don't. I didn't know that you could make it more complicated, but you they mean did. In somehow. terms of story or control, in terms or... of everything, okay. rules, story, lore, they made it so complex and dense um, that, in terms of lore, I have a hard, a hard time following. So I just, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just gonna play. Um, just gonna play the game because it's cool anime versions of legendary and historical figures. Gotcha. Um, in in a big in a big video game, and I'm down with that. Um, plus that one really cool original franchise character who is pretty interesting. So is it turn? Uh-huh. I'm I'm looking at pictures of it now. Is it turn based RPG? No, um, the one that I'm playing is like a Musou game, like Dynasty Warriors. Oh, okay. I'm looking I'm at playing, uh, um, Fate Grand Order, I guess it's a little bit different. Oh, yeah, Fate Grand Order is like a mobile game. That one's, oh, that one's okay. more turn-based. I um, that, was the, that was the first one that popped up when I typed in Fate. Yeah, Fate Grand Order is also super complex, um, like, compared to regular Fate. Basically, the original Fate series... Uh, or what? Well, rather, original Fate story did have a pretty complex set of rules, but it was, I guess, simple enough to follow. 
that yeah. um I, I got the gist of it when watching one of the uh one of the two anime series that's based on it. Um but then like anytime you want to dig into the other fate timelines the rules are almost more complex by necessity except in the case of apocrypha apocrypha was super easy to follow for me and it's actually one of my favorite fate shows because it's it it's bigger and has more characters than regular fate but the rules are all generally pretty similar so it feels like i still get it you say Apocrypha uh, was an anime or a video game? Yeah, yeah, Apocrypha is an anime. Okay. Um, because the <laughs> fate is is um, it started as a visual novel, right? Um, okay. And and the thing is, I think it started as a, an adult visual novel. If you get what I'm, if you can hear the air quotes yeah, around yeah, yeah. adult, I got you. Um, but then like it started gaining traction so i think they cleaned it up and started selling it as like a regular one oh, okay. um and then uh and then it got an anime adaptation that honestly wasn't great but it was based on like the first like potential uh like route for the story from the visual novel because there are choices to be made so there are different routes you can go down right and then there was a movie made based on the second route by the same studio. And then um, a different studio made a much better anime TV series based on the second route. Um, so that movie became obsolete. Um, and now that anime studio is working on a trilogy of movies based on the third route to just kind of finish it out. Which I I wish those movies were more easily available in America because I want to see them. Right. Now, here's the thing. I'm looking at uh, the different games, the animes right now. What is this actually about? What it is, is Fate is uh, a... It's about something called the Holy Grail War. Okay. And it takes place... Um, uh, I'm I'm going to cover the original version of it, the Fate right. Stay Night version. Um, it's about the Holy Grail War. It takes place in a city called Fuyuki in Japan, and what it is is seven mages um, are all selected by the Holy Grail and given these markings on their hands called command seals. Everyone gets three command seals. Okay, and those who are chosen by the Holy Grail to fight in the Holy Grail War must summon a servant. And a servant is a heroic spirit based on a legendary figure from the past, whether they be from history, literature, folklore, legend, or myth. Um, so what happens is you fight until one servant and one master are left participating. Um, Basically, if a master dies, a servant goes away because they have no more magical energy to sustain their presence. Okay. But if a servant dies, a master, um, while it is pretty typical for the master to also be killed, um, they are allowed to... Uh, Get um, a new servant? Or... No, no. Uh, they're allowed to leave the war. Oh, okay. Um, 
No, you only get the one servant. Oh, okay. If your servant, if your servant dies, it's pretty much impossible to win. So it's better just to leave the war. Okay, I got. You. Um, and the church is a neutral party. They kind of uh, act as like mediators. So you can stay at the church to to have sanctuary till the war is over. Um, if you would, you know, rather not participate. Yeah. Um. And uh. Yeah, so basically that's that's kind of how that all works. And like I said, the servants need a flow of magical energy from their mages because they're not supposed to be here. So the earth is trying to push them back into whatever nebulous plane of afterlife they came from. Okay. So having that mana sustains their presence on earth. Um but yeah, and and the rules are broken in like every version of fate. Like it, it never follows its rules all the way to the end because the You're entire right. point is the desperation um, and kind of pettiness of a lot of these mages to just win this war or even just get revenge. Like some of them don't even want to actually win. Yeah. Um, so like yeah, like it's it's and the servants all have their own goals as well because they're all you know complete people who theoretically once existed so uh like for example um in the series fate zero which is a prequel to fate stay night um one of the best characters or one of the best duos i should say in the show comes about because this one mage student from england um was trying to prove a point to his very snobby superior teacher who was about to participate in the Holy Grail War. So uh, this kid steals, basically completely um, by chance, steals his teacher's like item that he was going to use to channel his heroic spirit because he'd chosen which spirit he wanted. So the kid basically uh, uh, steals his his is medium for it and summons the spirit himself and it's um alexander the great oh that's pretty cool yeah and he's this big muscular stone-faced and i I mean stone-faced not literally i mean it like like he's very square-faced um like chiseled jaw like uh yeah, yeah, chiseled jaw, pronounced nose, big eyes, that sort okay, of thing. Like, uh, you sh- you should probably look up an image of him, like Alexander the Great, Fate Zero, or something like that. He's referred to as Iskandar. Um, I'm not sure if that's one of Alexander the Great's like actual names or what, but um, he uh, it's supposed to be him, and he's one of my favorite characters in all of Fate. But, uh, like, yeah, all that happens because someone who actually wasn't supposed to participate in the war kind of forced his way in to prove a point. You said square face. I mean, yeah, he honestly does have kind of a square face. It's the redhead, right? Yep, yeah. Okay. Big, With the big, beard. big red cape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes wearing a t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> I'm scrolling. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 I see it. Yep. Yep. You see the T-shirt with like the map of the world and a logo on it. Um, 
Oh yeah. Okay. I I couldn't tell that was the map of the world. I just saw like yeah, uh, the, some like the, Japanese. The reason he, uh, <laughs> yeah. The reason he likes that shirt is because it's a it's a video game, I think, T shirt, like a for a fictional video game that's in their universe. Right. But the reason he likes it is because it has a map of the known world on it, which you know, we know our entire world now. Right. So because back back in his day he had conquered the known world. He had no idea how much bigger it was than than what he could see Uh, okay he there's there's a point there's a moment in the show where the the kid who summoned him is showing him a map of the world he's like he he takes his fingers and marks out like an area and he's like this is what you conquered here's the rest of it and iskandar's just like oh wow (laughs) my land was so small I, I didn't and realize then he, just la- uh, he just laughs about it. And he's like, there's so much more to conquer now. I didn't realize um, you can't really do good cosplay of this guy because I'm looking at cosplay now and it's oof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fake characters do not make it easy for cosplay. Yeah, I mean, like one, it, it's hard to do just because of like how bright and vivid his hair and his beard are. But like yeah. just seeing it on some people, it's like, ooh, like. It just looks fake. Ooh, I didn't know that this week's episode was going to be like a fake college lecture for me. (laughs) (laughs) In case you didn't know about fate. Yeah, you mentioned... Yeah, that's the the general gist of like the main fate series. Fate Extella is way, way more out there. Yeah. It's like there's an ancient secret computer in the moon that summons thousands of of mages at once who all need to summon digital servants that, but that still all kind of follow that basic rule of, yeah, they still kind of follow that basic rule of it's gotta be a legendary figure. But um, like, for example, the main, the main servant in fate Extella is um, Nero Claudius, the emperor of Rome. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I but it's a cute that. girl. Oh, okay. Huh. And that, but you see, that's not the first time that's been done in the main Fate series. Um, King Arthur is actually a cute girl. Okay. Um, and she she's able to keep her identity hidden by like casting some sort of wind based magic over Excalibur, um, to like obscure it visually. Right. So that uh, um, no one can guess who she is just by looking at her sword. Oh, okay. Because um, Excalibur is her noble phantasm, and a noble phantasm is like a big weapon or or special ability that is incredibly powerful and could theoretically win a battle in one hit. But you got to make sure that that hit counts because as soon as you expose your noble phantasm, the enemy knows exactly who your heroic spirit is. And they're going to know all their weaknesses and strengths. Because, like, the second King Arthur uses Excalibur, everyone's going to know she's King Arthur. And they're going to know exactly how to exploit her weaknesses to defeat her. I'm trying to, fi- so, I'm sorry, so- I'm trying to figure out who, uh, who that King Arthur-looking guy looks like. He looks like a video game character or something I've seen before. King Arthur looking guy. What does he look like? The uh the red hair guy is what I mean. Not King Arthur. Um Alexander the Great, that's what I meant. I'm trying to figure out who he looks like. I'm getting sidetracked with that. I should stop Googling. 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, is it a, is it a character? Is it a character from Fader? Is it just an image you found? Well, no the the uh, the guy I was talking about before the uh, the monkey looking guy, or not <laughs> the monkey looking guy, the uh, the red haired guy, the Alexander the Great. Yeah, Alexander the Great. Yeah, there's some sort of yeah. video game character that like looks kind of like him because the video game character is like half monkey or something and like because uh. of the facial hair it just reminds me of that it's it's something random i was diving deep into google going through cosplay and all that crap oh i see but yeah um <clears throat> yeah so that's basically the the basic gist of fate i highly recommend you watch at least Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works. That's a really good show. Yeah, I might check it out. I, I like the uh, I like the maybe, more grounded maybe, sounds of it. I, I don't really care for whatever show gets into the moon and all that stuff. Yeah, ugh, yeah. Uh, but uh, maybe watch the Zero episode for Fate Zero as well because that one actually explains the rules of the Holy Grail War better than Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works does. Okay. Um, I know that's a really long title to remember, so I could text that to you if you need yeah, me to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know if it's still on Netflix right now, actually. I saw something it might about be. it on Netflix, like whenever I was looking at it a second ago. Now, did you say these, uh, yeah. the whole Fate series that started as uh, uh, visual novels? It did, yes, and then it turned into an entire multiverse of worth of franchise. Wow, that's like that's really impressive. <laughs> yeah, mo- yeah, most most fate media takes place in a completely different timeline than the original fate series. Okay. The I'm pretty sure that the only two uh, fate things that technically take place in the same timeline are Fate Zero and Fate Stay Night, and even Fate Stay Night can be split into three possible timelines. Okay. Yeah, gosh. it to For a visual novel to get that much uh, success, that's crazy. Like, Phoenix Wright is, like, probably one of the only other visual novels that I think were, like, big because it had many different games, but I don't yeah. think Phoenix Wright ever got, well, like, this big in terms of has its own anime show and stuff like that. Well, Phoenix Wright does have an anime, actually. Oh, it does? Yeah, it's pretty recent. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it got a, an anime adaptation a couple of years ago, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, I understand what you mean. But Phoenix Wright's more of like a point-and-click puzzle game than a... Because you kind of got to, you know, put all the evidence together and and figure stuff out yeah there's a, i think i feel like there's a little more input for for from the player for phoenix right yeah phoenix right's a little more of a game whereas fate stay night i think is a little more just like making decisions yeah i guess like uh yeah yeah phoenix right it does have a little bit more i think uh something that might be more closer in terms of visual novel which in terms of story it's not at all as the uh, 999 series. Did you ever play that? Any of those? No, I never, I never did. They started on DS, I think. And uh, I think the first one I played came out on PS Vito. It was basically like 
so weird. It was kind of like Saw, but like anime style. It was like very oh, odd. You know what? Now that you mention it, I think I have heard of this. I've never played it, but I've heard of this. Yeah, like uh, they're not all called 999. Like the first game is called Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors. Um, mm. The second one, which was the one that I first played, I can't remember for the life of me, but it, it doesn't even have 999 in the ta- in the title. So if you are just a casual gamer looking at it, you just think it's a, a new game, which it kind of is. You don't have to play the previous one to play it because I didn't at the time. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a odd game, but it was interesting just because uh, I'm a big horror guy like I, I love horror and uh it was just uh it was interesting to to see that in like an anime game even though it was kind of weird because i think there was like a there's like a killer teddy bear or a killer bunny that was over it all i don't remember <laughs> oh that's danganronpa no 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 yeah i know what you're talking about no no, no. this is uh this is different it was like it was some small character like that but yeah i know what you're talking about Okay, but yeah, yeah, because because in the uh, in, in Dengenrunpa, um, there's like you know an evil black and white teddy bear named Monokuma, who's like, you know, got all the people together, telling them the, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> I look up nine 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 short character. <laughs> Surely I'm not going crazy. But yeah, um, for me, I haven't really played a whole lot of visual novels. Um, the only one I can really say that I've done all the way through, and even then, I haven't done all of the possible like romance routes for it, if you can call them that, is uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the one where like it's uh it starts out as, um. It, it looks like one of those anime try to get with the high school girl type games, but doesn't it turn into a horror game? Yeah, it's um, it's it's one of those ones where like it start it starts out looking innocent, but then like you know it 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 kicks um at a certain point. Yeah. And uh, me and Michael and Clay played it all the way through together. Um, you see, the thing is, I uh, I brought it to them knowing like what it was a ton about it um and i made sure that they knew as little as possible going in yeah um and i basically messed with them the whole time we played (laughs) what's great is like uh Um, if you look it up on on google at least like the first 10 to 15 images doesn't ruin or spoil anything i like that it it still conveys that like cute and innocent like this game's probably for like creepos type vibe but like yeah but uh <laughs> but um that's oh, interesting. yeah oh but god they they nearly ruined it for themselves multiple times though because really? like yeah i would have conversations with michael while we were still going through it he'd be like you know i've kind of been googling images and stuff in this thing there's a lot of like creepy sort of images oh that's just fan and art I'd, I'd, ha- I'd have to de- yeah i'd have to deflect and say like oh yeah it's you know it's weird fan, yeah. it's fan art you know you know how, you know how anime works like, yeah but michael that 
that dippy dog. I wanted to say something a little meaner, <laughs> we we keep it PG um for this series. Yeah. But you were you were uh, able to uh basically get them away from looking it up and they played it all the way through. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Actually, um so yeah, it was pretty fun um doing that with them. I think like the next games I want to get like because we're on the topic of visual novels is I kind of want to get some visual novels for the Switch, but like horror visual novels. I don't really care about the yeah. romance type crap that is basically most I, visual novels. I wish that Fate Stay Night was easy to get in America. Can you only like can you only uh, import it? There's yeah, there's only like there's only like fan translations right now, and I have no idea how to find them. I've tried. Yeah, okay. So it's it's hard. Um, I'm not I'm not a very I'm not good at being a pirate. I've never done it. <laughs> no yo ho hos or yars from me. But yeah, no, I have no idea how to get my hands on like a fan translation of Fate Stay Night, and that's all there is. Apparently, they um they're pretty high quality. Uh, like fan translations. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I uh, I have no way of getting my hands on it right now. So it's like I wish the uh, I wish that the trilogy of movies that they're working on to finish out like the third timeline um, was accessible in America. Oh, it's but it's, it's not it's not easy to get. Like, when did the movie come out? Oh, within the past few years, there are two of them so far. Oh, okay, and like they're just taking their sweet time on a dub, or they'll just never do a dub, or not dub. Um, I think there, I think there is a dub, uh, but the the thing is, like, the movies are just it's just it's, I guess it's just rare. It's just hard to get. Oh, okay. Because every time I look at it on Amazon, it's all, um, it's none of it's region one, which is America and Canada. Oh, I got you. So, yeah. So that's annoying. I'm trying to remember. Did you say (laughs) at the start of this conversation, did you say you were playing one of the games or you were watching? Okay. Yeah, I'm pl- I'm playing. I was, I was trying to remember if you were watching the anime right now or if you were playing the game right now. Oh yeah, no, I I I rewatched Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works a couple months ago. I tried to rewatch Fate Zero all the way through, but I kind of stopped about halfway in. Like, eh, I don't I don't need to I don't need to rewatch this one. I just kind of wanted to rewatch the other right. one. Um. I was thinking like, ooh, I'm on a bit of a fate kick right now. I'll get through both of my of like the best fate shows, and I only got through one of them because <laughs> the other one was like, eh, I don't feel the need yeah. to finish this quite right now. So I know how to find it if I want to watch yeah. it. But yeah, Fate Apocrypha is pretty easy to watch because it's a Netflix exclusive, so. Okay. It's pretty easy to watch. In fact, um, Fate Extra Last Encore, which is based on the game that I'm playing right now, is um, also a Netflix exclusive. 
That's what's crazy is like Netflix seems to be pulling like all the anime shows. There's a ton of anime on Netflix. Yeah, they've got quite a few. But you see, the thing is, I noticed that um, much like with their actual originals, Netflix is like bar for quality on which anime oh, they yeah, pick up yeah. is, is kind of a hit or miss. I mean, it's mostly like what um, can still, Netflix what can Netflix get the license of for the cheapest, and then they're like, "Oh, we'll get that." Because I mean, there's a ton of anime people that watch Netflix, so let's just get that. If they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. Who cares? We got viewership up. Yeah, basically. Um, like as far as quality ones go, I. Uh, I do like the Seven Deadly Sins. That's a good show. Yeah, I remember um, uh, watching like the first episode of it back in whenever it came out, like 2015 or something. I don't remember hardly anything about it, but that was just because it was so long. Violet Evergarden is, I yeah, Violet Evergarden is very pretty to look. Yeah, at. I I want to eventually possibly get back into it. Um, it was interesting. I think I watched like the first couple of episodes and it seems interesting at least the first episode seemed really interesting Mm -hmm. um but after that like to me it's like grinding to like a halting slow stop kind of and then i'm sure it picks up later on well the thing about it is it is extremely slow paced yeah like this is not a show that you watch for excitement right, right. or fast-paced or even fast-paced plotting. Yeah. Um, and the thing about it is, I will say, the emotional climax of the show comes just a little over halfway through. There are a few, like, episodic stories after that, and then, like, the real ending is, like, the last two episodes of it. So is it even really, like our point to keep watching after the emotional climax because i remember it being like a very emo- yeah there is okay. i like it i just didn't know because i remember like there being a lot of emotion uh with the first episode and uh yeah it's, it's one of those things where it's like violet kind of completes her character arc a little okay. over halfway through the series so the episodes after that are about seeing what she as like the effect that she as like a new person with her own purpose has on like her clients, right. like the people around her, because she's you know because she's still got that like unique perspective on the world. Yeah. So it's like the the effect that she has on people. One of my favorite episodes um, of this, this show is um, there's this mother who has hired her to write letters, and the mother is very sick, and there's this little girl who, um, uh, you know, obviously lives with her mother. Um, and like throughout the whole episode, you know, Violet's just writing these letters with the mother and the little girl's trying to spend, you know, time with her mother while her mom is sick, but the mother needs to have these letters finished. Right. Um, and so like, I, now I'm not going to spoil how that episode goes, but, um, that's just, it's one of my, that one actually got tears out of me. I really liked uh, that episode. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll, uh. I'll jump back into that one because that one did intrigue me compared to like a lot of anime. I think my problem and like it's because I'm not a big anime person. So like anyone that's a big anime person will probably jump down my throat for this is there's a ton of anime that's either 
there's a ton of anime that's either like super action oriented to where like it's like who cares really and then there's also a ton of anime that's like basically romance or just like your typical anime fashion type stuff and i don't really care about that i kind of like the stuff in the middle or if you're going to do like action oriented or whatever go extreme with it i want it to like look amazing like attack on titan like some people some people i understand might not like the story that much you cannot deny that the action doesn't look amazing in that show. How there's zipping yeah, around yeah, and stuff. Attack- like, it looks great. Yeah, Attack on Titan has some of the best action in modern anime. Yeah. When, when it kicks, it oh, kicks. Yeah. Because I think I've I've mentioned like, and, it before. Are you caught up? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm caught Attack up on Attack on Titan. Like, it took me a while. Like, that. Yeah. That that part in season three when they're fighting other humans. I'm trying to think, which are you talking about Levi and uh, yeah, yeah, Levi that's literally what I was. You got those guys with those yes. crazy like. Yes, that was guns. literally what I was about to oh talk about. Like, one of the best action scenes I've ever seen is whenever Levi is running away from. Uh, I don't remember his uh, was his uncle. Um. I think so. Oh, yeah, yeah Kenny. Kenny. There we go. I was trying to think of I, his name. I yeah. think I think that guy. Yeah. Whenever Levi was running away from Kenny's men, like just that whole scene, him zipping around and they're just shooting and stuff. It just looks great. And then he barges into the bar, and then like it starts slowing down a little bit and getting more tense as Kenny's walking into the bar. That scene is just great. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, dude, I love that yeah. whole arc. Man, Attack on Titan, like. Okay, season one was it was good. Season two, I like season two just because like most of the season took place in like one night or one day. Like I think at least the first half of the season yeah. was uh was like one day or one night. Yeah, I think the whole season was like in total about yeah. a day. I mean, uh, not not counting the flashback yeah, episodes, yeah. but um, because like. You get this crisis. You go into the night. You see how um, all the uh, side characters who aren't Aaron, Mikasa, or Armin survive that night. And then once the night is finished, you get a huge Titan fight right away between Aaron and um, the other yeah. two Titans. So it's like, yeah, it all kind of takes place within a day. I never really thought yeah. about that. And also, like, I, I just like that type of storytelling where it's like a very like constrained in terms of time but i also like uh how each season doesn't feel like it's going to be four seasons in total like season four is going to be the last one and it's like deliberate yeah it's not trying to stretch anything out like season one was good then season two like added to stuff you're like holy crap like i didn't think about that like this aspect and like new revelations basically and then uh, season three was the same thing. I mean, like the biggest reveal in season yeah. three, you're like, oh, crap, like that sort of stuff. Yeah, season three completely changed the way I oh, look yeah. at the entire season. Yeah, series. season three, as soon as you get through with that season, like you look back at the rest of the, the show, you're just like, oh my gosh, like stuff is like making sense now, like a lot of sense. Yeah, I am. Um... I, if you would ask me a few years ago, 
what Attack on Titan was, I would have said it's a good single season anime. If you're in the mood for like a nonstop hype right, train, yeah. then watch Attack yeah. on Titan. If you ask me what Attack on Titan is now, I will say Attack on Titan is poised to be one of this generation's classic. It anime. really is because I'm right there with you because season one, while it was good, like back then, it was huge. Season one, Attack on Titan yeah. was gigantic. Like it was everywhere. Um, like everyone was talking about it. Like if you got a if you got a uh, FBE video about it, then surely everyone knows about it. Basically. Um, but yeah, it was everywhere. Yeah. And then hype started to die down. Then when season two was announced, there was hype built up again. And uh, there, there's, but there's a little much. bit of hype with that. Um, people watch season two. After season two, I heard no one talking about season three. Like, it died. Yeah. Or didn't die, but it died down compared to what it was in season one. But I think the show has gotten so much better. Because season one... Like you were saying, it's great action. It's a great one-season action thing to watch. But honestly, the season one, if you're just looking at it from season one and not taking the whole show as a whole, season one is really just action. It's not an amazing story. It's a story you've kind of seen. It's a boy basically uh, becoming the best, like no one ever was, almost that type of scenario, kind of. <laughs> but like, uh, <laughs> but like that's that's essentially what season one was. It was like eh, this is this is good uh, action with a decent story. But as it progressed, it just got so much better. But the fanfare has just fallen off. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to the finale to the series, and um, I'm really hoping it ends well because I think that. Attack on Titan um, is after watching all three of currently available seasons. Attack on Titan has gone back to being one of my favorites. It is um, one of the ones that I kind of started with. It's it's not one of the ones that got me in, but um, it's one that I watched really early on for anime. Yeah. So, uh, uh, like, and I watched season one. Um, and Attack on Titan has one of my favorite first episodes of any anime ever. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I watched, I watched all the way through, you know, season one a couple times, and I had such a specific vision of what Attack on Titan was in my head that I feel like for a while I was a little scared to tr- try continuing right. it because um, I. I watched the first episode of season two back when it was new and thought, eh. Yeah. eh. And didn't and didn't really oh, keep I know. going with it. Is it, it like the, until, the season two reveal yeah. kind of? No, it was the first episode. I know. I'm saying like uh, with the walls. I mean, oh uh, no, it's not. I don't know okay. what I was feeling. Like what? I, I just didn't feel like I needed to keep going okay. after that. And then season three finished. So what I did was I went back, I started from the beginning again, watched all the way through season one for, I don't know how many at the time, probably like yeah. third. Um, watched all the way through season one again, and then watched the entire series after that. And I'm so glad I did it that way. Um, I just binged through the whole thing yeah. in a couple weeks. And um, 
it's yeah it's gone back to being one of my favorite anime series oh yeah it's great yeah for me i kind of wish i had binged it um beforehand but i think whenever i finally watched season three which it, it had been out I, the second part of season three i should say i watched the first part of season three whenever it came out i saw it but then they had to make the second part of it um but yeah it yeah. uh I, I wound up watching like a five to ten minute like catch up video for just to like jog my memory kind of of what happened in season one mm. and two and then I watched it. But yeah, I wish I had binged it. But yeah, it's really good. Like you were saying, it's one of those that like I've seen like anime before it just because of Toonami. Like all credits to Cartoon Network. Yeah. I don't think I'd watch any or care about anime if it wasn't for Toonami. But um, mm. but yeah, like other than that, that was both that was basically it. But yeah, Attack on Titan was one of the first like modern day anime that I saw back whenever season one had came out. Yeah, um, I will say again, credit to Cartoon Network, but it was probably Naruto that got me in right for yeah. anime. Um, now I will say I grew up watching Pokemon, but that's not really going to get someone yeah, into yeah. anime. Everyone. Um, Cause that's the thing. I everyone grew was... up watching Pokemon. Like that doesn't mean everyone is yeah, going to get exactly. into anime. Cause it's very, yeah. Po- Pokemon. And... Yeah. Pokemon, Digimon and Yu-Gi-Oh. They're all anime, you know, by, you know, by right. definition, but at the same time, it's like none of those three are really going to get yeah. someone in. Those are, you know, yeah. I don't know why, but yeah. No, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> but like Naruto, uh, watching some Naruto when I was a kid, I was like, oh, that's, you know, pretty interesting. So then when I was older, I saw, <clears throat> excuse me, I saw some anime shows on Netflix, and this is before Netflix was starting to pick up their own yeah. anime series and licensing and dubbing them. Um, I was like, these are all pretty interesting. Um, so one day, my my sister brought who has been working at daycares basically her, her entire adult life um, brought hand, foot and help mouth home for me. Um, so I was stuck with nothing to do because my hands, feet uh, and mouth yeah. itched. Um, and uh, so I just kind of decided, you know what? I'm just going to kind of start watching some of these shows. I'm home alone. I have nothing else to do. So I turned on the first episode of Full Metal Alchemist, and yeah. now here I am. I mean, a lot of times that's what uh, it's what leads to like discovering some stuff, like uh, like I sitting at home with itchy hands <laughs> and, and lips. <laughs> well, what and, I mean, what I mean is like uh, <laughs> kind of that uh, that isolation type thing, like kind of like what uh, what a lot of people are going through now. Not everyone, but um, yeah. But yeah, there's like been a lot of discovery for some people and stuff they like in terms of media. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I started with Full Metal Alchemist and I was like, oh, these uh, you know, this is pretty interesting because I've been hearing I've been hearing of anime by name, um, all across the internet for a bit by yeah. that point. So I was just kind of seeking out the ones with the names that I recognized the most. So it's like Full Metal Alchemist. Death Note and Soul Eater were the three big ones yeah. that I started with. 
And I tried adding fairy tale as a fourth, but for some reason I hated right. it. But then, but um, then you got a tattoo I, of it. I only got about, yeah, yeah. Now I have a tattoo on my arm of it. But uh, yeah, at first I hated it. Got about thirteen episodes in, and then I went and finished all three of the other yeah. shows I was watching, and I started watching Gurren Lagann after that, which is another one of my favorites. But then I kind of realized as I was watching Gurren Lagann, I was like. Well, this show is kind of tonally similar to Fairy Tale, at least not visually in any regard, but tonally. So I went back to rewatch Fairy Tale, and starting with episode fourteen, for some reason huh. I loved it, and I now I have watched it all the way through, all three hundred eighty something episodes. The thing. Of like, it. has there? Because it, it could be a mindset thing. Has there ever been like other movies or shows that you've watched where it's like maybe you watched it? at some point and maybe it was just like the mood you had or the mindset you had when watching it or like just false advertising or something and you didn't like it the first time you watched it or a video game um but either way you had that feeling and then next time around you got to you're like this is actually pretty good yeah if if you have seen um my video that I did with my mother about the anime movie five centimeters per mm-hmm. second. Yes. I believe mindset <laughs> has a lot to do with enjoyment. Um, Cause uh, if you watch, if you watch that one, you will hear me mention in there that I loved that movie the first time I saw it. Um, but I was also a hormonal right, yeah. teenager at the time when I first saw it and watching it now as a 23 year old, it was with my mother, um, who is extremely uh, emotionally calloused, especially when it comes to fiction. Um, uh, you will know that it was a very different experience. <laughs> she, uh, she does not have any tolerance um, for... Well, really, for the way stories are structured. She's not really a huge fan of drama. Um, we just watched, um, I I guess I'll just (laughs) say it right now, since this is more of a conversation episode, we just watched Ringing Bell for, um, uh, our channel, which is like a 45 minute movie from 1978. It's Japanese. Um, and and it was made by Sanrio, the same people responsible for Hello Kitty and Negretzko. Um, but it's the story of a lamb whose mother's killed by a wolf. So the lamb goes out for revenge. Um, and, you know, there's this whole story. I, I'm not really spoiling right. much of anything by saying this. The movie's 30, no, 40 years right. old. So, um, but uh, yeah, so like what happens is he ends up becoming the wolf's apprentice and learning how to basically be a wolf. He grows horns and turns into like this this twisted sort of like halfway sheep halfway wolf huh. sort of thing um and like it's it's a it's a movie about like the price yeah. of revenge um sort of thing but like when he was a kid my my mom was having a lot of issues like when his mother died she was like i'll quit your crying <laughs> <laughs> um and and like when he would do the anime thing of like, I will become a wolf. I'll show you. I'll become a wolf and surpass Believe you. It. I will. She's like, okay, <laughs> we get it. Yeah. So yeah, she um 
she doesn't have a whole lot of tolerance for like i said the the way that stories right. are structured um she the one of the, i think one of the reasons she likes action movies so much is because there's not a whole lot of humanity to get in the way of uh of the story and what she's there for um yeah so which which i i yeah. i get that i mean like uh <clears throat> yeah but at the same time it's like if your least favorite part of fiction is fiction then you may as well right. give up yeah true um I, i've said that of my own grandfather plenty of times he hates just about <laughs> everything i love um and he uh <laughs> Um, I can understand how uh, how he uh, produced my mother in that regard, but um, <laughs> uh, he like um, he makes comments about like you know science fiction and fantasy and superhero movies and stuff. Like, why would I watch it? It's not like it's not real. And I'm like, but yeah. that's why. Like it, it's it's not like, just the. He likes the plot. Oh, really? Well, I mean, <laughs> that's not real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He like he liked he like he liked the Punisher TV show, but that's because that show is grounded okay. in reason. Like as in long as real it's world yeah, I, I know a decent bit of people. Um, like that. Yeah. But yeah, like, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I understand. Okay, I understand why. Um, why you would be some people would be more attracted to that sort of thing, but don't use "it's not real" yeah. as your excuse. Because, like I said, if your if your least favorite part of fiction is fiction, then you right. should just give up. And also, with uh, it's just different things. Like, uh, I don't know. There's there's some like uh, grounded stuff where it's like, I don't know. Like the Punisher, I I love the Punisher as a character, and I, I understand like uh, some people don't love the Max series. Uh, I I morally, I don't. Uh, don't follow Garth Ennis's logic, but I think he's a great writer. Um, but I, I like the series. But yeah, I I understand people that like the more grounded stuff. But a lot of times, like the grounded stuff can feel really fake as well. Like in in terms of uh, in terms of fiction, like yes, it, it can be grounded, but like ultimately, you don't have this this guy this this person like the punisher like honestly in real life no one's like the punisher the punisher would be caught eventually no like he'd be yeah. caught or killed eventually this this isn't real i mean the punisher he's not a superhero in the means that he has some magic ability or some super soldier serum or like in the like 90s early 2000s him dying and working as an agent of god uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's, he's ultimately a real guy but is he though when you read those comics like he's not a he's not that real and that's how a lot of characters are like batman, batman yeah ba- batman I, is not in any regard and that's the thing i i love Batman, I loved Batman growing up. I still do like Batman, but as you get older, a little bit gets taken away from him because you realize how well, it's not because it's unrealistic. Like You you start to like Batman growing up because you feel he's the most relatable, because he's the most human, which I could argue 
is not the case. Um, yes, there a lot of people say Superman, you can't relate to him because he's he's an alien and he's super and all that stuff. That's because you can't relate to the stories that you wrote from the writers that didn't truly understand who Superman was. Superman isn't just some alien. Superman was born... He's an immigrant. Yes, Superman was born in Kansas. He was born in Kansas. Just because he came from an alien race doesn't mean he that's his personality. No, Superman yeah. is is a, I don't know how you would say it, a Kansanite, whatever it is. I don't know. But he, um, some people would say Kansasian, but I think that one's they, derogatory. <laughs> whatever. But like, what I'm saying is Superman is Clark Kent. Clark Kent, that that is the character right there in terms of who you're trying to mold in terms of characteristics. That is who Superman is. Because like, you could the thing is you could blast Superman somewhere else. He could have an awful upbringing and that's what he would become. He would become this awful person and a villain basically. But it's because of how he was raised that he is this this such kind-hearted person even with these godlike powers. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's basically a plug for people to read uh uh, Superman American Alien for Max Landis that's like an amazing Superman book but anyway back to Batman yeah Batman, he's realistic in the sense that he's just a man who is basically pushing the boundaries of of being a peak human okay I get that the problem comes in when you look at Batman's philosophy and stuff. I feel like we've joked about it in yeah. previous episodes and stuff, but Batman's philosophy as a kid or as a teenager seems reasonable because you're like, all right, it's simple. He doesn't kill. He doesn't want to become this dark being. He doesn't want to kill. He doesn't want to possibly kill again. Okay. But and I think I think Under the Red Hood, the movie, I haven't read the comic. Under the Red Hood, there's a amazing scene where Batman the Joker and Jason Todd Red Hood all come together. And Jason Todd, he's kidnapped the Joker and he's looking at Batman. He's like, Why haven't you killed him? Why is he still alive? He took me away from you. And Jason Todd was like, I understand your code, but I'm not talking about Two-Face. I'm not talking about the Penguin. Why is he still alive? Why is the Joker still alive? Okay. All right. Like, why Why is the Joker still alive is what I'm saying. Yeah. There, there's more to my argument about Batman, but that's just one thing is like, I'm kind of siding with Jason Todd's point on this point, this fictional character. I'm siding with a fictional character. Yeah. Uh, like, I understand not killing Two-Face or not killing Penguin, but why is the Joker still alive? He's killed thousands of people. He's been sent to Arkham many a times. We know he's never going to get better. You're just being selfish by not trying to do something about this. And whenever someone tries to kill the Joker, 
you intervene. I know it's a moral conundrum for some, but like, I don't know. I never, growing up, I, I, I took it as, as face value. I was like, yeah, like, he doesn't kill. That's his, his moral code. But, but why not the Joker? Yeah. And to me, I understand the argument being made. Um, but to me, um, that presents the issue with writers trying to answer a question like that. Yeah. Um, because I feel like when it comes to superhero comics, there are some things that just kind of need to be accepted as this is the reality of the situation. Um, and this is just the way it is. Like, Batman not killing. Obviously, in the real world, you're going to question the motivations behind that. But I think for a comic book, it's one of those things where... Well, I, I personally... What? Well, as as a comic book fan, honestly, I I don't want them to kill yeah. the Joker because it's 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 comic book is a little bit different. I guess it's more thinking in the sense of like, what if this was real, sort of thing. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not saying kill the Joker. I'm saying like in terms of like a comic book, um, Batman not killing people. I feel like it's just kind of something that should be accepted almost at right, face value right. because. Every time a writer has tried to answer the question, I have not liked the answer. Yeah. No, it's I always I, been a, yeah. a stupid answer, like a poor explanation. I completely get that. It's just like uh, I don't know. Like uh that's a problem. And the biggest problem, that's like a minor problem. Like people are 50-50 on that. Um that's always a divisive one. But this one, I don't know. Like this one kind of points the flaws to me about Batman. Why? Yeah. I, I think I've mentioned it before in like a text or something. Why hasn't Batman run for mayor or why hasn't he become mayor? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a lot of better things that Bruce could be doing with his yeah. money that could actually help people than dressing up as a bat and beating up criminals. But, but then, you know, as, as I think, we have probably said before you don't have a comic book if he does that here's the thing i'll argue you do you could do something similar i don't remember the green arrow show so hopefully this arc was good i i never saw it but at one point oliver queen runs for mayor that makes sense all right he's trying yeah. to better his city okay okay but i will say that the superhero running for mayor arc um all of the investment in that is built up on um, him having been Batman in the first place. Like, uh, like what I'm saying is had he done the logical thing from the beginning and used his wealth and status to run for mayor rather than no, becoming no, no, Batman, yeah. then no, you I, don't have a comic book. No, I understand <laughs> you can't do that from the beginning because Batman's a very, not, not talking about like, like flawed as in me looking at him, but like him, like, Personally and mentally, he's a, a flawed individual. That's what yeah. leads him to becoming Batman. Um, but I'm saying at, at some point in his Batman career, like, why hasn't he tried that? Because the Batman, 
the Batman that we know, he's trying to protect Gotham. Gotham is his baby, basically. He wants to protect Gotham. And the way he's doing it is somewhat effective. I think the most effective way would actually be to help try to change the actual city. How you do that is by becoming this political figure. Bruce Wayne has the means to do that. He has the money to campaign. People will vote for Wayne compared to the corrupt people that they have. People that are in yeah. Penguin's in Penguin's pocket and Riddler's pocket, all these corrupt politicians. Batman, whenever a, a Penguin or whoever comes to him and tries to bribe him, well, secretly he's Batman. He's not worried about that. So yeah. he has he has nothing to be worried about. So why wouldn't he run for mayor? Why wouldn't he try to actually change his city? I believe the reason why is his motives aren't exactly what he says they are. I think it's more a selfish reason. If if like the Frank the Frank Miller type Batman. Mm-hmm. That Batman is he's ultimately kind of a Batman that enjoys kicking the crap out of people. He gets yeah. a little bit of a thrill from it. That's what also, I see coming from that. I just think his his reasoning is off. That makes sense. I don't know. I I think you could have and I, I wouldn't want it to be in comics forever because ultimately Mayor Bruce Wayne would be boring eventually. Yeah. But at least like a story arc or two. I think you could do yeah. that. Well yeah, it's like um it's like making Tony Stark the director of Shield. It's like that. Yeah. That's a bit of a limiting role. Like, yeah, the character technically has more status and power than they had before, but it's a limiting role considering the fact that they're expected to do something specific. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, if if you want to weasel your way out of bringing Mayor Batman back to being Batman, you can have some excuse at the end. Like, oh, it, it doesn't actually work. Or, or something like that. But why hasn't yeah. that been tried at least? in a story arc. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like something that they would have gone for by now. I mean, if Daredevil can be mayor of New York yeah. for an arc... Then... I think that's... Yeah, I, I haven't read that yet, but whenever I heard that, I was like, that's a genius idea. Like, I'm glad they did that. Yeah. Yeah, I really need to read um, Daredevil in general. The only Daredevil comics I have are crossovers with The Punisher. Oh. <laughs> I have I have the uh, Daredevil versus Punisher ends and means miniseries from I don't know when that came out, and then I got the Daredevil Punisher to Seventh Circle, which um, uh, is it's it's titled like a team up because it's Daredevil slash Punisher, but it's yeah. definitely a versus story. In terms of comics, I've read of Daredevil. Like I've read like some in between. I have the. Uh... Things like the old eighties or seventies uh issues like one seventy four to one seventy six. And that's like mm-hmm. the introduction of the hand, that's like the introduction of stick. Yeah. Like different stuff like that. I've I've read all the, that. All the all the Frank Miller stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um I I haven't read all the Frank Miller stuff, but I basically know at least like the uh the 
was it cliffy notes i don't remember what it is where it's oh spark notes that's what it is i basically know the spark notes in terms of daredevil and then like Mm. i've seen the tv show and then i've read uh the 1602 comic which is very different but i mean they still stay true to who (laughs) daredevil is as a character yeah and i feel like daredevil's um no killing code makes a lot more sense for him than it does for batman yes daredevil's makes more sense to me because his is also reluted not reluted um is rooted (laughs) in in his spiritual belief yeah that makes perfect sense batman's not a spiritual person though no as far as i know batman is agnostic at most yeah from from what i get from all the batman comics i've read batman yeah he's agnostic and he ultimately just believes which i mean it's the dc universe which is what's weird is like you have all these supernatural stuff happening like why wouldn't you believe in something like super yeah like that's that's a weird thing superhero universes it's very weird when you say i don't believe in something yeah because like batman stands shoulder to shoulder with the literal daughter of zeus yeah on a monthly basis but you don't believe in anything. I believe in Gotham. That's what I believe in. I believe in justice. <laughs> okay, Batman. No, I, I love Batman as a character. That's just something I've, I've thought about. And if, if someone does a arc like that, I think it will bring a lot of forgiveness from me. And I think that's ultimately, like the, the killing Joker thing is like a minor thing. I think my biggest thing is yeah. like, why hasn't Bruce Wayne become the mayor. mayor if if he if that's at least a arc or two story because i understand that's not a a five-year appeal i get that i understand that yeah but if it's like at least an arc or two then, then I'll, you know what, then i'll have you know steam. what you gotta do what are you gonna say oh, oh sorry you know you know you know what you gotta do while he's mayor right what nightwing's gotta be batman <laughs> Because Dude, that'd be amazing. Bruce won't have time. Dude, I would love that. I mean, like back when, and then, uh, and then you have these, you have these moments where, where Bruce will look out the window and see the bat signal, and he'll be like, "Oh, you're calling Batman!" But then he'll see uh, Dick taking off in the bat suit to go answer the bat signal. Be like, "Oh, that's right. I have a charity benefit tonight, or whatever." It I'd be to. okay with that. I mean, like, I, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember who wrote it, but the run where basically uh, Dick was Batman and Robin was Damien, like, that's one of the only runs where I actually kind of like Damien. Hmm. If I'm being honest, I've never really been a huge fan of Damien. Yeah, I don't think I've read enough with him in it to gauge my interest in him as a character. Uh, Yeah, he's, I don't know. I think Tim Drake got the short end of the stick, and I honestly like Tim Drake a lot more. Yeah. But yeah, uh, like, yeah, like you just you have you have these moments of like, oh, but that's my suit. That's my signal. This is my <laughs> city. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, at the very least, make one of the Robins take the mantle during that time yeah i i would like it to be nightwing but i understand some people are like nightwing has distanced himself from this why would you do that i i get i understand yeah, but he's also on call it's like yes 
it's like saying, oh, I don't talk to my dad very much, but I'll, I'll, I'll help him in an emergency. Exactly. Like, like yeah, it, it's such a weird relationship. Yeah, Honestly, just because I, I was because he doesn't talk to Bruce very much doesn't mean he's not still there when he needs him. Yeah, I, I would want Nightwing to be the number one as like who would take up the mantle during that time as Bruce Wayne is mayor. And whenever he can't actually go out and be Batman, because I got a feeling during that mayor time, there'd be a couple times where he'd be like, I uh, just got to get got to get my fix. So he'd, he'd go out to be Batman, yeah. kind of. Um, but yeah, like, like uh, if nothing else, at least make one of the Robins uh, Batman during that time, during your one or yeah. two story arc before you're scared that viewership will fall off. So then you'll cancel Mayor Batman. Yeah, but yeah, um, but yeah, for for me, early, earlier in this conversation, you highlighted, I think one of my biggest pet peeves with the way people perceive Batman and Superman. Yeah. Um, which is the whole, like, Superman's not relatable, yeah. he's an alien god sort of thing. And it's because you're, re- you're reading like, the like, wrong like, books. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, and then people say, like, you can't challenge him. And all I can say is, like, you're viewing... That's, that's one of my issues with comic book fans today. Um, and that is... We have gotten to a point where people feel like they have such an understanding of these characters that they read all the stories about them as pure mechanism. Right. Yeah. All, all people do when they read a comic book story is view it as a series of moving parts to get to the next part. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and sure, there there are still there's still emotional attachments to the way some characters need to be, like for example, Wally West has kind of been destroyed over the course of DC's rebirth thing. Yeah. Now DC um, Rebirth, I will say, did an amazing job with Wally West. Jeff Johns did an amazing job bringing him back, all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's a mixture of DC and tom king i can't say as much tom king because it could honestly just be editorial being like hey sweep him under the rug type thing yeah what i'm talking about is here i don't know why yeah i don't know since so many people love him but yeah it's it's one of those things where it's like like i understand getting mad at that but then also like i don't know like i'm going to um it's also an issue of like people um who complain that everything is always the same with comic books these days but then anytime someone tries something different they complain because it's not the same as it was before yeah um i'm going to use the captain america steve rogers series as an example oh my gosh yeah (laughs) i do not get what the problem was yeah that is the single most interesting thing that has been done with Steve Rogers since 2005, and everyone's going to whine about it? Yeah, it was such an interesting thing, and like, honestly, if, if you're a comic book reader, maybe if you were, uh, you're someone watching CNN, you don't really read that, that much comics anymore, maybe you read them back in the, the 70s and 80s and stuff, and you saw on CNN that uh, Captain America is now part of Hydra, maybe you're like, what? They're changing things. If you're a comic book reader, and you've read at least a few comics you know that nothing ever stays the same 
you know that Captain America isn't actually going to be a part of Hydra for like 10 years, right? You know, eventually something, there's going to be a, a drop of the shoe where basically you see, okay, this is what's actually going on, or you'll see it be reverted back. But like yeah, a lot of people, um, I don't think that, realize that. Yeah, that's what I was saying from the beginning of it. As soon as it was introduced, I was like, "Oh, well, this is a temporary thing. This is just for the story yeah. arc. Let's see how this goes." This is an interesting and, idea. I want to see how the story arc goes, and I know ultimately, yeah, eventually, they'll bring it back. If it's not this writer, the next writer will bring it back because Marvel will ultimately be like, "Uh, you got to bring him back because we've got." our next movie coming out and Captain America can't be a part of Hydra during that. Like just think yeah, logically yeah, yeah. and you understand what's going to happen. But yeah. And the, and the thing is um, a lot. And, and like, and one of the things that highlights that issue the most is after a writer has a long run on a character and the next writer comes along and you see all the comments on the internet of like, Oh, well, the next writer's going to change everything. So why did this run even matter? I understand being invested in the long-term canon of a character, but at the same time, you do just kind of have to accept one writer's run as a complete work about that character yeah. and move on. Yeah. For example, like Jason Aaron and his six-year run on Thor, which it was fantastic. And he got to tell his story and he got to finish his story. Um and then Donny Cates started it up and I saw a bunch of people complaining that like, oh, Donny Cates is, um, you know, peddling, backpedaling everything Jason Aaron did with Thor. He gave him his arm back. He gave him his eye back. He, you know, he's, he's changing everything about the character that has been built up over the past six years. But the past six years were in service of the past six years. Jason yeah. Aaron wasn't setting Thor up for a permanent change in status quo for the rest of time. He was writing Thor for the purposes of the story he was telling. That's, and he finished that yes, story. That's exactly So now it. it's Donnie Cates' turn. Yeah, that's exactly it. People forget that like a lot of these big characters, and sometimes small characters, a lot of these big characters, a lot of times the company, as a writer is starting to close on their story, a lot of times they'll go to these writers, or sometimes the writers will come to them, and they'll be like, hey, do you have an interesting idea for this character? If they don't have it, they'll go to the next writer. If they do have it, that writer would be like, I've got a great idea. I want to write this character. And they'll lay it out for the publishers. And that's how you get that new writer. You get a writer who is invested in telling their story because it is their story they came up with. They want you to see the story they had. So they they sometimes can't always do they can't always piggyback off of what a previous writer did because they want to tell their story so they they have to sometimes go in a little bit different direction and you're going to have some people drop off from that but you also have some people jump on from that you have people that are saying oh uh jason aaron's run was the best run ever whereas you have other people say Oh, Donny Cates' run was the best run. You'll have different camps, basically. And and you'll have older comic book fans who still swear by Walter Simonson's run on Thor. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no definitive run in, in almost every case. There's 
no definitive run because everyone has their own comics it's just like reviewing a movie or whatever it's most of the time subjective like yeah it's what that story did for you It, it might be different for someone else it's any type of art comics are art it's any type of art whenever you witness that art you may get a a reaction to it that you really like then whenever you show it to someone else well they're programmed differently. We're not all the same. That'd be extremely boring. We're not all the same. Yeah. They're, they might not like it as much as you. That's okay, though. Maybe they'll like something else pertaining to that. Yeah, there's, there's a reason there are so many different kinds of superheroes. Yeah, exactly. Because everybody likes something different. Exactly. Yeah, so it's just it's one of those things where it's like, like I have, I have an idea for an Aquaman storyline that I would love to pitch to DC someday, and if I ever got the opportunity to write it, I'm sure there are plenty of fans that would hate it. Right. Um, I mean, there's always because be- I've got some big ideas for Aquaman. Yeah. But and and it wouldn't really have much to do with anything that's come before, but uh, it would be my idea for an Aquaman story. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, uh, it's something, it'd be something a little bit different. You'll have people that really like it and you'll have people that, that won't like it as much because they, they like the classics or whatever. Well, guess what? The people that like the previous story or the classics or whatever, guess what? You still have that previous story or that classic. Yeah, those movies still exist. They still exist. Yeah. um, It's like, I'm going to, uh. Uh, use an example of a conversation that I've actually heard a couple of times. I watch um, the game Grumps on almost a daily basis. Right. Because uh, I really like Dan Avedon and Aaron Hansen. I think they're pretty cool dudes and they're very funny. Yeah. Um, and Aaron has, back when the Ghostbusters movies were still, you know, a th- like sort of a bigger deal uh, with the new all ladies Ghostbusters movie, um, Aaron repeatedly made the argument that like, this isn't ruining your childhood. The old Ghostbusters still exists. Go watch it. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I understand. This isn't, taking, this isn't taking away the Ghostbusters. This is just a new Ghostbusters movie. That's probably not going to be as good. Go watch yeah. the good one. Yeah, that's like, that's the thing. Like two wasn't even as good as Ghostbusters. Yeah, like so uh, it's like they they couldn't even recapture that same lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Like it yeah, that's exactly it. Like any any type of property or whatever, like yeah, you're going to especially if you have a a reboot. And I'm I'm not trying to like say yippee for remakes and reboots cuz I I like original content, but I mean honestly, if you look at a lot of stuff, what isn't a reboot or a remake or at least a inspired by type thing? Yeah. But anyway, like, uh, yeah, that, that thing might come out and you might think it's hot garbage, but there's another generation that might like that. thing. So we have an entire generation of Star Wars fans that loves yes. the prequels because that's the Star Wars they grew up with. Not only that, here's another one. This is more recent. We have an entire generation, not the whole generation, because I know like 
some of the younger kids, maybe their parents grew up with it or whatever. We have an entire generation that has seen these recent Star Wars movies and they like them. It's what got them started with Star Wars and now they're watching all the other stuff and they, they love this recent trilogy because it's what got them into it. I understand if you have your your complaints about the recent trilogy. I have my complaints too. I don't like uh, episode nine. I don't really care for episode eight, but some people do mm-hmm. like it. Some people that was like their starting gate for this more expansive thing. Yeah, I I haven't seen episode nine yet. Um, I had no problems with episode eight personally. Um, but yeah, for me, it's like. I'm, I'm going to drop a bomb on Star Wars fans right here. And I'm saying this as a lifelong Star Wars fan. Yeah. Um, now, I, I will be honest here and say Lord of the Rings was more my thing as a kid. Like, Star Wars has never been my number one. Right. But I am a, a technically a lifelong Star Wars fan. So I'm going to say something that's going to ruffle a lot of feathers, but it's the truth. Star Wars is about space wizards, dude. It was yeah. never that good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's... <laughs> like Star, Star Wars isn't technically good. Yeah. It's fun. It's enjoyable. That's why people like it. Yeah. It's a very enjoyable thing. And yeah, like you said, it's actions, fun and all that stuff. And you, you have like some like, uh, like hidden uh, messages and stuff like that. Like there's, there's tons of uh, 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 metaphors to uh, biblical things um yeah there's there's plenty of that stuff but uh ultimately yeah it's just supposed to be a a fun blockbuster type experience and where you see a lot of these like oh but this and this and this a lot of that comes from lore that people wrote after these movies were even made so so yeah if you're trying to jump on that it's like well technically that's not it, it, it can be canon for you that's good because yeah. there's plenty of stuff that's canon for me. Like I'll watch a show, I'll be like, "Oh, I really love this season or that season." Then I get towards the last season, I'm like, "I didn't like that. I'm just going to cancel that from my brain and say the rest of the show was what I liked." I understand that. Yeah, I understand you wanting to uh, have canon stuff and cancel out stuff, but I, I don't even remember what I was trying to get at. Right, <laughs> I, got, I got so <laughs> lost. I, I was thinking about Dexter. <laughs> specifically but uh yeah oh yeah but yeah um yeah i understand like a a lot of people's um like love for the stuff does come from the expanded universe of star wars and it comes from the original version of the original trilogy as well and um but yeah like and i love star wars um but the thing is like for me i'm one of those people where if i'm going to like something then I'm just going to accept it as it is. Yeah. So when I say I like Star Wars, I mean, I like all the Star Wars movies. I might not like them all equally, but I don't dislike any of them. Right. Yeah. And yes, that includes, that includes episodes, episode eight, episode one. Um, episode two is a little boring, but yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched it in a long, long time. So I can't really, I'm, I'm just going to say, I like that one. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's at the very uh, least likable qualities. Since I was a child, actually. Yeah, there's at least likable qualities to each one. Yeah, and then, and then, um, I haven't seen it yet, but I have seen some clips, and I have spoiled myself on it. Um, 
but I'm going to watch it. Episode nine. Um, I've seen some stuff in there where it looks pretty dope, actually. (laughs) There's some interesting stuff, but like going back. Yeah, it's 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 my opinion saying this like other people will like it. Other people will hate it. It's it's all subjective, really. I'm not a fan of episode nine. I feel there was some stuff that could have been different, but I mean, there's some stuff that I liked about it. There's also in terms of other Star Wars stuff, like whether it's movies or whatever, like I was saying about the whole headcanon thing, because that's big for everyone. Mm. If you don't like something, then just like, dude, it's, it's fiction. I, I know it's, it's, it's not entirely fiction because it's billion dollar properties and stuff, but it's, it's fictional IPs. Um, if you don't like that specific thing, then just kind of erase it. Okay, that's not part of my head cam. If, if someone doesn't like that, well, I'm, I'm sorry. That's just how I think. I'm, I'm a different yeah. individual than you. If I, if I liked this and you didn't like that, or if you like this and I didn't like that, well, that's just how human life is. Now, I will say though, um, for me personally the phrase headcanon does have a bit of a negative stigma attached to it because um, especially uh, I've seen some, like if you've seen as many Tumblr posts as I have, you probably know why, but like Tumblr's vision of the Marvel universe, the Marvel movie universe specifically, because no one on Tumblr has actually read the comics. They all just saw the movies and pretend they know the characters. But uh, <laughs> Okay. I, I detract, uh, I detract my statement about, uh, what I meant about like, I guess in canon <laughs> movies, because in canon movies, even yeah. if I'm not a huge fan of episode two or episode nine, it's still canon, and yeah. it might disrupt the story a tiny bit, but ultimately, there's still a cohesive story there. Um, what, yeah, but I guess but for, what I mean me, in like... terms of head canon is stuff that is more up to fan debate slash lore that is not sanctioned by the company um, yeah i, yeah, I say something that's left ambiguous then yeah i say like in terms of that go for it if you think uh in inception the top still spins good for you if you think it, it stops yeah. good for you yeah yeah that's that's something that's like yeah that one is something that can be worked out by individuals but like uh for me, like whether or like shipping, that's technically a form of headcanon, and I hate it. What is it? Shipping. Shipping. Do you know what that is? Is that like putting couples together? Yes. Okay, it's yeah. slash fiction. Yeah, I got you. Um, like like shipping Bucky and Steve. It's like I understand the logic behind it, but at the same time, they're both explicitly demonstrated as like straight characters. Yeah. I know. I, mean, I, I know you want. I, I know you want the representation. I understand that. But at the same time, you it's like going up to an actual person asking what their sexual orientation is. And when they tell you they're straight, the person says, well, now you're gay. You're going to be <laughs> that, gay. That is true. You're going to go yeah. that boy. That is true. So it's like, I, under, I understand wanting the representation. I don't understand the desire to force your image onto a, an existing character 
Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, what else was there? Oh yeah, like like Voltron. I feel like Voltron was ruined by that. Um, <laughs> I haven't even seen the new Voltron, so I don't even know. Um, it's it starts off fantastic, becomes okay, and finishes with a wet fart. Oh okay. Um. So yeah. Uh. And then um, I will say I have only shipped once. Like I'm not I'm not <laughs> new to it. I have shipped once, but you you want to know what you want to know what that couple became canon so i'm smarter what was it i was a bumblebee shipper for ruby oh okay um yang yang and blake and you know what it happened (laughs) (laughs) i haven't seen it yet but i've seen like the news of it it happened so yeah because because you know what you know why i started like like I guess technically shipping them, it's because I could see the seeds being planted for their relationship early on. Right. No, that's the thing. Like there was a very obvious romantic tension between the two of them from as early as season two. That's the thing. If there seems to be like some evidence towards it, I I understand that. I got to go back to Star Wars for a second. One of my qualms with Episode Nine is I didn't expect Ray and Kylo. I think most people yeah. didn't expect Ray and Kylo. Raylo becoming a thing. I thought that was more of like a sister brother bond. What is this? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, now I will. Yeah, I will say that feels like it came out of nowhere. Yes. Like I said, I haven't seen episode nine yet, but I have spoiled myself on it. Yeah, I mean, so, ev- everyone that, probably knows because that was a big meme, like that whole scene yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So that uh that. That did kind of, yeah, that doesn't feel like it was naturally built up. And we'll never, you haven't seen it, but we'll never know what Finn was going to tell Ray. Because midway through the movie, Finn, uh, they were about to die, but of course, like, uh, something happens and they don't. Um, But they were about to die and Finn looks over at Ray is like, Ray, I've got to tell you something. And like, she's like, what? And then they're, uh, they escape death or whatever and like a few minutes later she's like where are you going to tell me and he like came up with some like bullcrap excuse or whatever and then later in the oh. movie uh there's another like possible death type thing and one character's like then aren't you gonna go tell ray what <laughs> what you needed to tell her or whatever and i don't remember what his response was maybe it was like eh like, I don't I don't remember what the response was, but it was like <laughs> it was like, okay, it seems like they were building up to something. And honestly, like why did they leave that in the movie? That's just like a minor qualm yeah. for me about episode nine is like that's something that could have been cut out in terms of like Finn saying that. They could just cut that out and it'd be a little bit better. But like now we'll never know what Finn was gonna say if he if he was I, wanting I was. if he was wanting to play patty cake with Ray or what. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna tell her I love her, but then I realized something. What? She ain't got no booty. It's <laughs> exactly what it was. Turns out I ain't into white girls. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> no, Finn, Finn's like, turns out I ain't into white girls. I'm into something much bigger. 
thicker. And then, he and then no, no, no. I was thinking he looks at Java. <laughs> He's like, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like that boy thick. <laughs> then you get Finn speaking hutties. <laughs> Walking up to him, be like, "Hooby dooby, shabadoo," <laughs> and and just for the viewers to know, this is joking shipping. There is a difference. Yeah, yeah, no, we're not. Yeah, <laughs> we're not actually shipping Finn with one of the hubs. <laughs> You're not going to be seeing my uh, rule thirty four up on uh, <laughs> on the internet about about Jabba the Hut and Finn. It's probably there. That's someone else's fetish. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I. So really, he had something he was gonna tell her and never told her. Yeah. It was really weird because it did seem like something that like they put in there, but then last minute uh, decided like they'd go with Kylo and Ray, and then they just like yeah. forgot that the thin footage was there. That's what it seems like because I have it's no like idea a... why that's there. It's like, oh, I spent all this time building up the relationship with Tally, but then I got the scene with Miranda and <laughs> what the heck happened? <laughs> no, that was by accident. I didn't want Miranda, I wanted Tally. <laughs> I will regret that till the day I die. Is that that house party game? That's, um, no, that's uh, Mass Effect. Oh, okay. I will regret that till the day I die. <laughs> Getting Miranda instead of Tally completely by accident. There goes hundreds of hours. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that makes me think of uh, like video game disappointments, whether it's in the story or like uh, in something that happened, or maybe just the video game in general, like I'm I'm starting to think of like video game disappointments for me. Because that sounds um, like biggest, a little bit of a disappointment for you. Yeah, a huge disappointment for me in video games was um now this one didn't really have much to do with my own in, like input into the game. Right. This had more to do with the developer decision. Uh the way the Deathstroke fight plays out in Arkham Knight. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh I I there's never no there's it. no fight. It's a tank battle and then Batman punches him. Are you serious? Uh, yep, and then he's arrested, and then that's it for Deathstroke. Wow. There's no actual fight. Like, Arkham Origins had an actual fight with yeah. Deathstroke. Yeah, I remember and that. And it was awesome. Arkham Origins is, like, it's underrated, in my opinion. I, I know, it, it wasn't it a different developer or something? Or It was, but they were using, like, all the same basic resources that Rocksteady had. Yeah. And and I think like the big part of it is like, at least I remember the story of Arkham Origins. Like that's an interesting premise where okay, there's a bounty out on Batman's head. Everyone's trying yeah. to kill him. That's a cool premise yeah. to a video game. Yeah, and it has its twists and turns. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it it does ultimately end up being about Batman's first night with the Joker. Yeah, um, <laughs> that sounds a little bit odd. Hey, you know, <laughs> take it, take it how you take it. I guess. 
I'm sure Batman did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's plenty of Batman and Joker ship. Oh, out there. yeah. Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like it was, it's about Batman's first time really fighting the Joker. Yeah. Um, and I think Troy Baker did a really yeah, good yeah. job. He did pretty good. I was trying Joker to remember what his name was. was Troy Baker. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Um, it, like, he, he sounded like he could have actually been like a younger Mark Hamill. Yeah. Doing a Joker voice. Um, now, having heard it as much as I have and heard his voice in so many other things, I can recognize that's Troy Baker. Right, yeah. Um, but your average person but, who, yeah. like, grew up with, like, or, or let's just say average person that uh, played Arkham Asylum, played Arkham City, and doesn't care to to like really research background on this stuff when they go to arkham origins they're going to hear a pretty similar voice and they're not going to really think anything yeah yeah oh especially considering the sorts of voices troy baker normally does joker is like way outside what oh yeah i think you would consider his normal range yeah because troy baker he's joel in the last of us um, he's Delson in uh, the third infamous game. He's Captain Yamato in Naruto. Um, let's see, or what other? He was the voice of the greed half of Greed and Ling in uh, in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, like he does a lot of like just sort of normal dude voices. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Joker's might, you a, know, a bit of an extreme. Uh, it actually kind of reminds me. There's um, there is a Japanese game called Catherine that I believe uh, Troy oh, yeah. Baker does the voice of the main character in that one. Oh, okay. Um, and I there's another uh like YouTube channel I watch called Funhouse. Yeah, yeah, I um, used to watch Funhouse had... a lot until Bruce Green. Yeah. Oh yeah, there is a very different vibe about it now yeah. that Bruce has gone, and Lawrence too. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 but, um, I every now and then watch their uh, Bruce Lawrence and Kraken talk to the internet. I watch that every now and then. Yeah, but yeah, I, I still watch Funhouse. I still keep up with them as much as I can because I still like their sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. But um, there was an episode where they played Catherine with Nolan North and Troy Baker, who also have a Let's Play channel together. Yeah. That's all they um, have. And one one of the most hilarious moments is um, when Nolan North, he's the one on controller, he's playing the game. They're talking to him about it. They're like, how do you like the game? And he's like, oh, the game's pretty good. Uh, the guy doing the voice of the main characters uh, uh, not doing a great job, though. And they get Troy Baker in the background just silently going, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, I haven't watched it all the way through, but those two have um, a playthrough of the Uncharted games on yeah. their channel. That because uh, uh, Nolan, Nor- Nolan I North think I watched some of the Last of Us one. Yeah, no- Nolan North. He did. He did the voice of uh, Nathan Drake. For those who don't know, but he's he up until that playthrough, he had never played any of the Uncharted games. Really? Wow. Whereas Troy Baker apparently is a huge fan of them. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so you, so you've got Troy Baker guiding Nolan North, the voice of the main character, through this game <laughs> through, and like helping through him technically along. his own game. Yeah, 
Yeah, and he, and he was asking him some pretty interesting questions about how they filmed each scene, too, because it was yeah. mostly done in motion capture. Oh, um, I, I thought so it was like, extremely interesting with uh, The Last of Us, uh, whenever they played The Last of Us, just getting insights about that, because, like, I I really like The Last of Us, at least, like... Oh, yeah, I love yeah. it. I, I, did, you, did you see any of the spoilers that were leaked about um, Part 2? Uh, no, I heard some people complaining. I, I don't... Done. Yeah, I uh, I did not read them because I don't want to do that to myself because I care yeah. about The Last of Us too much. I I adore that game, so yeah, like I'm not gonna at at the very least. I think everyone should at the very least experience the first twenty to thirty minutes of it. Yeah, gosh, it is a gut punch. Yes, I I think that is in terms of video games, like. Uh, most everyone's played the last of us i'm not going to spoil it but i'm just saying like uh it's it's like one of yeah it's one of the most emotional gut punches i've ever got from a video game like that and then like uh the death of john marston and red dead redemption yeah oh so you'll spoil red dead redemption i mean it came out <laughs> in 2009 or 10 like everyone played red dead redemption too i i expect they at least like looked up a five minute video of what happened in red dead redemption one yeah yeah um yeah for me as far as like big twists and 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 sucker punches in video games one of the biggest ones in recent memory for me is the end of the new god of war oh yeah yeah that was really good that that changed my entire perspective of the game oh, story yeah. with just one word yeah because, yeah, like, once that happens, like, I was like, oh, crap. Like, I, because I, as soon as you hear that, you're starting to envision what, because you pretty much know in your head, okay, this is going to be a new trilogy. And you're starting to envision yeah. what's going to happen. And, like, I was like, okay, the next game, well, the big baddie's going to be Thor. And the last game, he's going up against Odin. Well, uh, but there, there's um, going to be the something that, that happens with dealing with uh, the end of the first one. Yeah, well, um, according to Corey Barlog, the director and writer for um, the most recent game, yeah. he also directed, I believe, the second game in the original trilogy. Um, but according to him, they have like a five-game plan right now. Oh, that's awesome! I'm down for it. And this new, and this new one was the first in that new series. That's awesome. So yeah, and if they're all as long and as interesting as that first one was then five games that's that's ambitious but i got a feeling they can do it because yeah i was i was thinking three i was thinking like the next one your big baddie would be thor and then the last one big baddie would be odin well here's the thing but i mean i don't i don't think this current god of war series is going to stop at the norse oh no no with with the introduction of uh that i don't want to tell spoilers but that downward part in the yeah. center i well i i think we can kind of mention that like uh since god of war has already covered the greek pantheon and is going into the norse now um we can kind of say like yeah obviously they have plans for more than that yeah obviously if there if there are two pantheons of gods there's going to be more yeah um, and at the very least these this five uh five game plan if it's North Norse mythology, the next one will be another mythology. They can just like drain every not 
I don't mean milk, but I mean they can get everything they can get out of it, basically. Yeah. Yeah, there are um, suggestions, or well, yeah, they're they're not suggestions, but like there's a, I guess references to who Mimir actually is in the dialogue of the game. Apparently, he's supposed to be a, a puck from Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, okay. So Mimir is actually a fairy. Huh. I didn't even think about that. Um, and I don't really consider that one a spoiler because that's not something I found myself. That's something from the pages upon pages yeah, yeah. of extra dialogue inside that game. Yeah. It's like you could play that game for hours and never hear that. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, definitely. Definitely because you're, you, you can hop in your boat with boy and you're just rowing along. <laughs> boy. <laughs> you're just rowing along. And uh, people start talking. You're like, eh, I think I'm going to stop right here. And they're talking. It's like, as you park on the boat, on the uh, sandbar, just like, for another time. And just gets off. It's like, oh, I guess we'll never hear your story. <laughs> and then you get back on the boat. And and the boy is like, so Mimir, you were saying? And then Mimir picks up, like, right where you left off. But then you're already at the other shore. <laughs> He's like, for another time. And Kratos is like. So, so Kratos is like, stories are for the boat. Yeah. <laughs> but I really want to hear it. No, boy. Enough, boy. Look, you hang the head on your belt anyway. I walk behind you most of the yeah, time. Can I can just talk to him. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> stories. It's about head level for me. I'm like, right. I'm eye to eye with him. I can just. No. As I said before, boy, boy stories are for the boat. <laughs> <laughs> the boy's like, okay. <laughs> what about some of the stories you talk about, Mom, whenever we're going towards this mountain? Enough. <laughs> I have spoken. Yeah, that's a great game. Though. Yeah. I love that game. Have you noticed that a lot of games these days are basically big hairy dad simulators? Is it because gamers are all big hairy dads now? I mean, yeah, because like a lot of your gamers are like, like, like current day game, current day gamers is like uh, people from the <laughs> '90s and early 2000s and stuff. So now they're yeah, <laughs> they got the yeah. the the beards going and the the children and all yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, because like The Last of Us, Harry Dad. Yeah. God of War, Harry Dad. <laughs> um, Next game to come. Bioshock up. Infinite. Bioshock Infinite. Don't know if he was Harry, but well, dad. well, um, the older form definitely. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. What else is there? There are other big Harry Dad simulators. <laughs> um, I know it. I'm looking through my I game. Can feel it now. in my nuggets. Terry's bawling his eyes out in the corner, mentioning big hairy dads and you know, boy. <laughs> think he's thinking yeah. about that kid who got adopted by the wild dogs. Yeah, I'm thinking about that case he's fighting. It's all good, Terry. You'll uh, get through it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, not not gonna give you hope until you you'll win, but you know, you'll live yeah. through uh, it. I assume. I don't know. They are wild dogs. Yeah. 
uh, cheer up sport, I guess. Yeah. Um, there's always tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, why don't you go out and uh, grab you a nice, nice pop? Maybe I'll I'll cheer. I'll make things better for you. Yeah, yeah. Go go do something for me. That will help you. Actually, yeah, yeah. Get get me and Tio a couple of pops. You uh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to give you money to get you something. Just get us something. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll um reimburse you. Just bring us the receipts. No, I'm not going to reimburse you. Just get it, or you're fired. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know. Terry, I said get out. Also, if the hot dog guy's open, like if you're passing him, yeah, I'd, I'd like a uh, chili cheese dog. That's all right. Uh, uh, just get, yeah, just me and Tio. Yeah, yeah. No, your lunch break isn't for like another three hours. So yeah, your your lunch break isn't till dinner time here. <laughs> I feel like that's a good place to uh, close. Yeah. Out to the day. <laughs> Brandon. Anything to yeah. plug or recommend? Um, in terms of okay, I've got a recommend and a couple of mans. Um, in terms of recommendation, I'll get to my plug later. Like I've said a million times, but uh, <laughs> recommendation. Um, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Black Flag recently through the Nintendo Switch. Mm. It's actually really good handheld. Like I think it. To me, it's like one of the best uh, open world games I've played handheld, and I've also never played Black Flag, so it's actually a really interesting story. It's also got me sailing around for treasure, and it also has invigorated me to like want to go back to some old pirate stuff. So, like later this week, I might uh, might go back and watch the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. It also led me to watching. Uh, the first episode of a show called Black Sales, which is on Hulu, I think. It was like a star show. Back yeah. in like 2014. It was a pirate show, live action. Um, I don't think it's really for me. I, I read reviews that like get past the first few episodes and then it's great, but like I don't really have time for that or patience for that. Um, mm. so So if someone's a fan of this show that no one really talks about. I'm sorry, but uh, I I didn't really care for it. But Black Flag's good. And then one more man for me is uh, I played a game called Remothered. It's a horror game. Um, I'm very conflicted about it. I, I it got sounds it weird. It's it's an interesting. What what got me to buy it is like you see the gameplay and you're like, okay, this looks interesting i'm very conflicted about it because uh it's okay basically in terms of gameplay it feels similar to like the old clock tower games as well as like more more modern day i would say uh resident evil 7 where you're in one location basically and someone is basically trying to find you or chase you you have to sneak around, kind of. That's how this game is. You have to sneak mm-hmm. around, and, and you're trying to get items to unlock other items, to unlock corridors, that sort of stuff. And that part, to me, I like. My big problem with it are two things. The biggest thing is no one 
and I'm sorry if someone says they did, I think you're lying. No one can <laughs> beat this game without a walkthrough. It is impossible to beat this game without a walkthrough because well, there are certain wait, items. How, yeah. how did the first person make the walkthrough? Well, I got a feeling it was a little, little whisper, whisper from a developer, and. Uh, oh. Uh, okay, I'd say this. I'd say this. Probably the the first week it was out, there were probably a decent bit of people who were playing it, but they were getting frustrated as all heck because they didn't know what the crap to do or where to find the next puzzle. So they probably just stopped playing the game until a walkthrough came out. Uh, oh, yeah. Because there are some items that are hidden so meticulously you wouldn't think about it. There's an item on a top shelf in the kitchen, and there's a few items in the kitchen. There's an item on the top shelf of the kitchen you wouldn't even think to look up because you got to look up to actually see it. The whole game, you've never had to look up. The thing, <laughs> item, it's right there on the shelf. And it doesn't... Another thing is, it says, like, uh, the objective is escape the, escape the house. That's the objective. It doesn't tell yep. you to go find this item, it doesn't have the item like glowing blue or red where it like stands out. There's no navigation towards the item. You're just looking around in this house and I'd understand if it was just easier to see, but a lot of these items, there's no way you'll see it without a walkthrough. So <laughs> I, I needed a walkthrough a few times in this game. So that's my biggest complaint on it is I, the first hour, first hour I played this game, I tried playing it genuinely without a walkthrough. I don't really like using walkthroughs that much. But eventually after an hour, I got so frustrated with it where I was like, okay, it's either I quit the game or I just use a walkthrough to try to progress because I was getting so frustrated. So I used a walkthrough and I kept going, kept going. I got to the end of the game. There's a finale scene in the game where it takes place in an attic is one of the worst finales I've ever had in a game. Okay. There's limited save points in the game, which I'm okay with. There's also very limited auto save points, which I'm kind of okay with, except this attic part. There's one part where this lady is chasing you in the attic and you got to be very fast and very meticulous about throwing items to distract her, that sort of thing. But if you mess up once in the attic, you got to start the whole section over. And it's so annoying because there's a bunch of cutscenes and just random slow stuff you got to go through to get to that point again, to which you die again. Because that happened to me a lot of times. I died like 10 times in the attic to the point where I was like, okay, I don't care about beating this game anymore. I'm just going to watch someone beat it. So I just pulled up a video on YouTube. And just watch the ending. That's how frustrated I was. I've never done that with a game where I I just gave up and I was like, I'll just watch it. So I'm very conflicted because it's a good idea, good gameplay, but the item locations and stuff aren't good and the finale level is awful. So that's one that's one heck of a recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> I would say 
don't get it. If you do get it, wait till it's like on sale, which is already like a twenty-five or thirty-dollar game. Which it's a pretty looking game. Like, it's, okay, I was uh, gonna ask, how is it like, uh, like appearance-wise? Indie published game, and it looks good, even on the Switch, which the Switch is like a downgrade in terms of graphics. It doesn't look bad. If you played on PS4 okay. or Xbox, like it's going to look pretty good. But it's just those two, those two problems for me that just like hold it back from recommending it right now. So if you see it like half off or in a PlayStation sale or Switch eShop sale, then maybe get it. But uh, I recommend probably once you get to the attic scene, don't even worry about pushing yourself with that frustration and stress. Just look up a video of the attic scene. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, and your plug? Yeah, yeah plug. Sorry. <laughs> very... I know you're used to doing recommendations last, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm very mixed emotions about remothers. I just had to get that out of there. Um, uh, plug, tying in with horror stuff. I like horror stuff. Um, you can check out my stuff on Facebook and Instagram at Disney Comics, D-I-S-M-A-Y Comics. Uh, indie comics, such as like a satirical superhero comic and uh, some horror comics that I'm making. Try to get them out by the end of the year, that sort of stuff. Yeah, you can check that out. And then, uh, yeah, Remembrance. I'm just <laughs> conflicted right now. Alrighty. Um, and as for me, I guess I'll start with recommendations too. Um, if you're into like the Dynasty Warriors style of video game, I do recommend Fate Extella, the Umbral Star. That's what I started playing this week. Um, I need to finish one of these games that I've recommended because uh, so far everything I've, I've recommended <laughs> that's a video game, I haven't finished yet. Um, that's the thing. I'm glad I finished Remothered because I was I was going to make it a recommendation on this episode up until yeah. I got to the last part of the game. I was like, ah. No, <laughs> glad I finished it. But yeah, uh, so yeah, I do recommend that. Um, I guess for a game that I have finished that I can recommend, uh, it's a couple years old at this point. But play God of War. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you don't that's, have, you that's don't have to play the original trilogy to get it. So yeah, God of War. It's super cheap. It's no more than twenty dollars right now. I'm sure that it's like greatest hits right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Same it's thing. Probably, probably pretty easy to get your hands on at this point yeah and same thing with uh the, my previous recommendation if you have a ps4 or xbox one if you have a switch you can get it it's going to be cheap on ps4 or xbox one uh get assassin's oh, yeah. creed 4 it's probably like five or ten dollars super cheap yeah um now god of war is a playstation exclusive so you yeah. can only play it on playstation it's still uh, pretty cheap right now like no more than 20 bucks yeah. Yeah, so like um, that will definitely help mitigate the cost of buying yourself a PS4 if you want to play it and don't have one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and if you do um, have one, hey, you don't have to constantly buy new games. There's plenty of yeah. older games uh, that you probably a, a missed of, out on. A lot of my recommendations are PlayStation exclusive because that Fate game I just recommended is also only for PlayStation as far as I know. Yeah. So, um, Play The Last of Us, another PlayStation exclusive. Oh, yeah. Play the new Spider-Man game, which is another PlayStation. I mostly play PlayStation exclusives, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've just now noticed that. Well, the thing is, um, like, 
PlayStation has like better exclusives compared to Xbox. They do. They they won this generation. I will say, like, if you want if you want racing games, yeah, sure. Like the Forza games are the best racing games you'll ever get. But uh, I don't know this generation of PlayStation and Xbox. Like, there's a lot better IPs with PlayStation compared to Xbox. This generation. Yeah. yeah. Um. I guess uh, we kind of covered every sort of topic that we normally cover here. We talked about anime. We talked about comic books. We talked about video games. I guess for a comic, um, I will recommend, um, it's hard to think of something directly related to what we talked about, but uh, I recommend reading. Someone read it. What's that? That's that's a Superman book. Oh, yeah, that Superman book? Yeah, Yeah. it's really good. Go read that. Um, Also, uh, I'm trying to think of, oh, here's one that I really like, and it's kind of related to something that we talked about earlier. I mentioned uh, Donny Cates is writing Thor right now, so uh, go read his independent comic, God Country. It's really oh, good. Oh, yes, yes. Um, it was published by Image, and it's fantastic. I, it actually, it's a one-volume thing, so you don't have to worry about reading a whole series. Yes. You can just anyone get the volume can, and read yeah, it. Anyone can get go. in on it, yeah. Um, it needs a movie adaptation. Yeah. I demand a movie adaptation. <laughs> um, and uh, it makes me cry every time I read it. So it's it personally emotionally moving for me. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's um, it's a very good book. Read God Country. It's short when um, you think about like uh, comics, but it's like it's so good though. Yeah, it is. And um, then for plugs, uh, I have a YouTube channel called Store Brand Comics, uh, same as this podcast you're listening to right now, so you don't have to think about how it's spelled. Um, uh, <laughs> and uh, on that channel, I talk about comic books, and I also have a series with my mother where we talk about animated films because she's not super familiar with them. Um, oh, goodness. It is a little difficult to keep track uh, right now of which episode of our cartoon show will be out. Um, Batman. uh, Because um, we're actually, I think by the time this episode comes out, yeah, the week that this episode comes out, we're actually not going to have a new episode. Okay. Um, I I don't think. Wait. No, we will. Um, we're not going to have a new episode for the next week, though. Okay. Um, because my sister is going to be visiting us, and it's just easier to uh, uh, not do it for that week. Yeah. But the week that she's down here, we will have a new episode up for that Monday, I believe. Um, and uh, so by the time this episode is up, our most recent episode about the cartoons that we talk about will be on a a 45 minute anime uh, short film called Ringing Bell from 1978. And it's, uh, it's a good one. I mean, it's from 1978. Yeah, it sounded interesting by what you had uh, talked about before. Yeah, yeah. It's about, you know, a little lamb who's trying to get revenge on a wolf for um, killing his mother. So, uh, it's, it was very interesting. I enjoyed it. I found it, you know, moving personally. In 45 minutes, uh, 
I, I could see like an hour and a half movie of that being kind of drawn out, but 45 minutes seems deliberate. So that sounds yeah. That movie like that movie only had enough story for the 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, in fact, I feel like they even stretched a little bit getting to 45 minutes. Um, oh wow. There were some moments where I noticed like a little bit of reused animation here and there. Oh, okay. um, there were a couple of uh, sequences that they didn't need where it was like, um, like kind of the movie's theme song playing over just some shots of the sheep doing stuff. And it's like that didn't always feel necessary. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's I enjoyed it. It's a classic anime film um it's it's one of those ones where i don't know if i would include it in an anime movie marathon night with like a bunch of friends or anything um uh it's one of those ones where it's like i i'm going to go back and we watched it we watched it dubbed we watch all the stuff that we watch within english dub if it's foreign Because that's just easier for my mom. Yeah. Um, but that one's going to be one that I think I'll go back and rewatch in Japanese on my own time. Okay. So, yeah, that's um, this is Store Brand Comics. We have been T.O. and uh, Brandon. And uh, now we're that. not. So we'll see you next week. Bye.